Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. Matt, for those who were in such a rush to hear the episode, they didn't even look at the title. Yeah, that's uh, right. Why don't, you, why don't you break down who won our listener's choice? So this season, we took all the runners-ups through the years, the almost the ones that just didn't quite win in previous listener's choice contests, and we pitted them against each other, and it was a super close contest. Among the finalists were Miles Davis, you had Leon Bridges, Kelly Clarkson, and in the end, it came down to the young and the old, we'll say. It was Olivia Rodrigo. Versus the piano man, Billy Joel. While the early rounds were super close, like a, a vote or two separated the winners, Billy Joel won hands down, won going away, which I don't know what to make of that. I don't know whether that's people are just really interested in hearing us talk about Billy Joel or they really want to hear us talk about Billy Joel. Or is it they don't want to hear us talk about Olivia Rodrigo it could be that. as two middle-aged guys? Or are they just messing with us? They want to torture us a little bit. Like maybe so. One I didn't mention that was also in the, the running was Creed. So I think yeah. if they really wanted to mess with us, they would have given that would have been like Bush Dukakis. Not even close. Yeah. But we get Billy Joel. The Beach. The Beach. Do people call him that, Matt? The, the Beach? Yeah. Does he have any nicknames? Oh, man. Well, there's Piano Man. Oh, right. Does he have any <laughs> nicknames? <laughs> I, clearly, Perhaps you've I heard of, of that research. one. Yeah. <laughs> no, tell me about this Billy Joel guy. Yeah. Uh, he's the uptown guy. Right. Okay. <laughs> what about the fans? Do the fans? Do they have a name? You know, kind of like what fans have we experienced? In well, we when we had Allison on for Phoebe Bridgers. Right. We talked about the Farbs. The Farbs. Yeah, and Swifties, obviously. Yep. Yeah, what are Billy Joel BJ lovers? <laughs> the BJ crew? The piano men and women? Billy's Bandits. The Billy. Long Island Mafia. <laughs> the Hackensack Army. Billy, if you're listening, clearly Matt and I have a lot of ideas. Right, we can, we can spitball some yeah, whiteboard. This is, no, this is just in like a minute. So. I mean, yeah, I mean, we got What so could you more. give if you flew us up to Long Island and put us in a boardroom? <laughs> With lots of sticky notes. <laughs> We're here for you. Before we go down that rabbit, Joel, <laughs> nice. it's time for share time. And I am tonight walking in Memphis. For those of you enjoying Finest Works on for the first time, share time is our opportunity to offer up a recommendation. Maybe it's a book or a TV show or a video or just something we've experienced recently that we just want to pass along to you, the Finest Work fans. Maybe something you might want to check out. So Matt, what do you have for us today for Share Time? I'm really excited about this Share Time. I've got a, a band I want to recommend, four guys from Ireland called U2. I don't know if you've heard of oh, them. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, you know me, I'm on up the I'm, I'm up on the uh, the latest and <laughs> yeah. greatest. Now, real quick, I just wanted to quickly share that uh, Charity and I had the opportunity last week to Head to Las Vegas and see you two at the Sphere. Nice. Which was awesome. Give us some idea of the scope. You know, you see it on TV and it looks just huge. The videos do it justice. If you've watched any of the, the videos or the, the social media posts of it, even then, like, you can't really appreciate how massive the video screen portion of mm -hmm. the Sphere is until you're there. It's 20,000 people. Wow. doesn't feel like it, especially if you're in general admission like we were, so we're down on the floor. And being down on the floor really does give you this immersive experience where you feel like you're surrounded by this massive screen. I think if you're up in the stands, you probably get the better holistic view of all the visuals and all that. But yeah, it really is a, an immersive experience. So it starts out that there's this DJ who is in like an old Berlin Achtung baby style car. Mm -hmm. Best DJ I've ever heard, mainly because he's doing like 
all middle-aged white people music, Rob Bass, and it's De La Soul, and it's Groove is in the Heart, and it's it, you know all mixed together. The car kind of rides through the crowd. Nice. And then a few minutes later, U2 comes out. Is it better to be on the floor, or is it just different? I think it's just different. I have had friends who were in the stands and were like the 200 level underneath the 300 level with an overhang. Yeah. So it limited their view of the, oh, the roof, yeah. the whole thing. One of the funny parts I thought was – uh, you know, towards the end, Bono's up there and he's like, we're really grateful to be playing in this building. It's an amazing building. You know, when they convinced us to do it, they brought us out here to Las Vegas and they took us to this place called the Bahama Breeze, which I thought was hysterical because there's a Bahama Breeze here in Raleigh. Right, it's just a terrible restaurant. They've got decent burgers, but it's just like kind of random. That's what sealed the deal. <laughs> but it's probably like a real restaurant out there, not a chain. No, it's the, it's, it's the chain. It's the same Bahama Breeze chain. <laughs> and it's on the way between like the strip and the airport. We passed it by going to the airport. I'm like, ah. They uh, took them to they Bahama took you to, to, According to Bono, they yeah. took them to Bahama Breeze. What if he fell in love with it so now everywhere they tour, <laughs> it's required that they go to Bahama That's Breeze. in their rider. Yeah. It's like That's it's, where they determine. So we're, we're going to Raleigh and yeah. Las Vegas yeah. <laughs> and wherever <laughs> else right. there's a Bahama Breeze. The, my one quibble with the show is having seen the Joshua Tree anniversary show a mm-hmm. few years ago where they then had what was in the world's largest yeah. video screen. They utilize that screen, I think, better in the sense that every song on the Joshua Tree Tour had a specific video image. With the Sphere, there's a part about midway through the show where they just kind of go to house lights for a few songs, Mm -hmm. and then they bring back the visuals towards the end. One friend of mine said they could have maximized the visuals of the Sphere better than they did. But I mean, that's lazy. Like, yeah, they're just, they're getting old and lazy. Yeah, they're lazy. Yeah. Any songs that you wanted to hear? They did not do anything from Boy through Unforgivable Fire. So there's no Sunday Bloody Sunday, mm-hmm. New Year's Day, Pride. There's none of that. It's all Joshua Tree and beyond. And even then, like, there may have been one song off the last three albums. Complete Actung Baby. So they do the entire Actung Oh, really? Baby. They do the entire thing? They what? Do, but not, not in order. But right, they but do, still they but do. They do, they do wow. every Actung Baby song. They did a couple from Rattle and Hum. Mm-hmm. Just two from Joshua wow. Tree. Okay. Yeah, sort of mid-career oriented, I'd say. But very cool. Highly recommend it. Matt, did you pick up any uh, flyers off the street? I did not. <laughs> I learned my lesson uh, when I went with my parents many, many years ago to Las That's Vegas. Right. We talked about that. I managed to avoid passed out literature, but I was not able to avoid the ever-present smell of weed, which is <laughs> everywhere. Just everywhere. In Las Vegas. Have you ever heard of the uh, Kilwins ice cream shops? They're kind mm-hmm, of a chain. Mm-hmm. Some of them, they kind of pump out like the waffle cone smell yeah okay. i think stores in vegas just pump out <laughs> pot smoke right. smell it's everywhere that's funny along with half naked showgirls walking around wanting you to take your picture with them weird town maybe that's why he went to bahama breeze because he's like i know what i get here <laughs> this is a normal place yeah right gosh now i just want to listen to octung baby matt but instead billy joel Cold beer, hot lights, my sweet romantic teenage nights We like to start with our memories. Matt, what is your memory of Billy Joel? We went out to dinner with some friends about six or seven years ago here in downtown Raleigh to uh, a restaurant a lot of people around here know called Beta Manda. We were sitting there, and the husbands are on one side, the wives are on the other. And all of a sudden, one of the wives goes, oh, my God, don't look now, but Billy Idol 
is across the room. And we're like, Billy Idol? Like, Billy Idol's in, our, in this awesome. restaurant? Yeah. I try to be cool and kind of look back around like, you mean Billy Joel? Sure enough, Billy Joel was like one was table behind him. The next night he was doing a show at PNC Arena. That's my... Billy Joel memory. So he went to Beatamanda. He went to Beatamanda. I wonder how famous people determine where they go to eat when they come into town. Yeah. I remember the Panthers came to Brewery Bavana. That's right. A couple of them were in town. When you 2 played, they had Clyde Cooper's cater. I thought they'd go to the Bahama Breeze. Bono's kicking himself now. He's like, <laughs> you mean there was a Bahama Breeze there? <laughs> uh, we were at Pool's Diner yep. with the Shingler, Stephen and Sarah Shingler. Stephen, who was our first guest. First ever guest. And did our artwork. Thank you, Stephen. We saw Gwyneth Paltrow. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if Melting Pot ever gets anyone famous. I bet they get like the dude from Nickelback. (laughs) He's always coming in and he's like, hey, you want to take my picture, put it up on the wall? (laughs) No, 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 we're good. We're good, man. You were here last week. (laughs) All right, well, let's get into the music. The Stranger starts with (laughs) Moving Out, parentheses, Anthony's song. Anthony works in the grocery store. The grocery store. Yep. It seems like there's pressure that he feels. Yep. Upper right? mobility. He doesn't want it. And so he's moving out. Where's he moving out to? Hackensack. Like? Okay. Yeah. Suburbs. And that's where Billy grew up. Yep. So instead of chasing the big city dreams, you're moving out to Hackensack. There's those New York pressures of Manhattan is so expensive, but there is something of moving out to the suburbs or Connecticut with the rich people who have made it but are trying to raise a family but still have that new york life it's funny to think that the term selling out in one sense can mean you're selling out your soul for the fame and the money but in another sense it could be selling out on your dreams and settling in the suburbs Mm -hmm. it's like you stay in the city there's a way to sell out you move to the suburbs there's a way to sell out i've watched enough seinfeld and sex in the city to know that like there are stigmas of living in New Jersey, living in Hoboken. Right. That episode of Seinfeld where Elaine gets the new area code and she's all upset and embarrassed because it's not a Manhattan right. area code. You know, Anthony decides to move on out. They actually capture the moment. Yeah, they do. <laughs> that he's leaving town. Let's hear it. <laughs> Has he driven before? <laughs> oh, you put it in second. Hit the yeah. clutch. So he's down the street. Yeah. He's leaving. Oh, wait. Now he's turning around. Oh, yeah. He's coming, he's back. coming back. Oh, yeah. He forgot something. <laughs> forgot that he forgot to get the keys to his landlord. <laughs> Throws it out the window. Yeah. I love it. I don't know. You would have thought there'd be just the tire squealing and getting out of there. Yeah. But it really just sounds like he's having a difficult time driving. <laughs> I, I love a good car sound. My top three car sound songs 
I'm going to go 409 by the Beach Boys, which I'm actually assuming they have a car sound in. Is there a car sound in there? Let's see. Let's see. Yes. There you go. Is there ever. Oh. <laughs> nice. All right, so, so there's that. Probably your favorite and my favorite one is going to be in Rush's Red Barchetta. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Man, we can't. You, I don't, even, you, don't, you don't have to look that one up. Trust me, I know that it's in there. We got to hear. We got to compare it, these. It, yeah. It, is it in the beginning or the it, end? Towards the end. It's, it's after. Uh... There you go. Is that it? That's, yeah, that's it. That's it. See, I kind of like that. I mean, Adult yeah. Crush, but I kind of like. It's not a big moment. It's just interspersed. Yeah. yeah. In there. Yeah, they're geniuses. <sighs> Your words. Last but not least, the goat of car sounds. Which actually, now I think about, is it a motorcycle? Anyway, kickstart my heart. I had it queued up. As there soon as you, you said go. you had a list, I pulled it up. <laughs> I was like. He's either gonna start or end with it. You're like, this is Lale. You know, this has been played in every strip club. <laughs> now to the short stage, Cinnamon. Nailed it. <laughs> I used to listen to that song on my paper route. Just was that how you crushing pedals, man? Just, I was just, just smashing it. that route. Paper on the roof, <laughs> paper in the bushes. Just I got no time to stop, man. Molly Cruz got me going. <laughs> That's so funny. Another one that comes to mind is My Hoopty by Sir Mix-a-Lot. Rolling in Tacoma, I could get burned. Better make a U-turn. That's what I like about Sir Mix-a-Lot. He's not going to hit you over the head. No. He wants you to pick up on the nuances. He's going to leave it to your imagination. <laughs> As we discussed in our Black Crows Epipod with guest Whitney Chambers, the greatest car sound is at the beginning of Thick and Thin. Love it. Partly because they actually crashed crashed it. the drummer's car. I, how did I forget that one? That one's genius. Yeah, I love that one so much. <laughs> they used Doug Stegmeyer's 1960s Corvette. It's a Corvette. For Billy Joel's. All right, Doug, what we want you to do is just uh, squeal the tires. Which, how did they get that? That's a field recording. They had to capture that outside how did you avoid city noises did they take it out i bet they took it out like somewhere to the i'm picturing like someone with a microphone running beside it trying to keep <laughs> up with it to get as close to the sounds as possible we'll never know it's the greatest mystery surrounding <laughs> billy joel how'd you get that sound of that well, car the real mystery is how did he get christy brinkley i guess we're finding that out Where we are we're, right. we're digging into it <laughs> what's the next song we're covering just the way you are Times of trouble, we never could have come this far. Mm-hmm. I took the good times, I'll take the bad times, I take you just the way you are. We either have Linda Ronstadt to thank. Or to blame for the song being mm. on the album. He had written it for his wife. I think he thought it was too sappy, which it is. Yeah. She was like, no, you, this should be on the album. This won a Grammy. It beat Staying Alive, Matt, which at that time is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Record of the year and song of the year, which I still don't know the difference. 
We've been doing this for five years. Yeah. We talk about that at least once a season. Man, he beat out Lionel Richie for three times a lady. What? You got that wrong. That's, wrong. that's the first time anyone's been on the wrong side of history. Yeah, that's where they use that. That's where that the phrase. term came from. <laughs> you got to think the song was probably played at so many weddings. Oh, yeah. And the ironic part was uh, he writes this for his first wife who was also his business manager, and then they divorce. Let's back that up a little bit. <laughs> Let's get into the history of yeah. William Joel. What's his middle name? Hack. Martin. Martin. William Martin Joel, born May 9th, 1949. Here's a quick tour. Grew up in Long Island. No way. Didn't graduate high school, but really tried to make a go in music. First band, The Hassles. That's such a punk name for a 60s band. They had two albums. First one in 1967, they had a single called You've Got Me Humming. <laughs> that, that was a song. <laughs> Second album was called Hour of the Wolf. Ooh. So I'm going to give you a little taste okay. of Hour of the Wolf. God has used the hellhound free to feed upon the prey of his desire. Death has come alive within a creature with the eyes of burning fire. God. So is this early prog rock? Yeah. Man. Peter Gabriel heard this and was like, yes. <laughs> this is the future. Yeah, this is, uh, I think, yeah, 1969. I will say, as terrible as it is, if they had released that same thing five, six years later, you would think, oh gosh, they are taking everything prog yeah. that has yeah, already yeah. come out. But it does feel kind of early in that it does. in that movement. How do you go from that to Uptown Girl? Well, you don't, Matt, because <laughs> Billy and drummer John Small left the Hassles to form Attila. I don't know where to begin. <laughs> with Attila. It was a psychedelic heavy metal band. That's what I think when you say Billy Joel. And it's a drummer and then Billy Joel. <laughs> and he's playing an organ through a Marshall stack or something, nice. right? Yeah. And so everything you hear that's not drums is Billy Joel. Okay. It's all him just going to town on the keys. I don't like it, but I at least respect it. It's different. I like it better than the other the hassles. The hassles yeah. I mean, you get a sense of his talent. I ability mean, to his play ability piano. To, <laughs> I'll phrase it like that. <laughs> the ability to make a full sound from one instrument like that and sing and all that. But As bad as the hassles and Attila were, as soon as you hear it, you're like, that's Billy Joel. Yeah. I don't mean that as a compliment. <laughs> it shows that you're trying to do metal or prog rock and you can't not be billy joel you're still billy joel yeah it's like you yeah. just haven't found the <laughs> piano bar yet to where you're gonna shine <laughs> like strip away that mullet go sit down behind the piano yeah just tell some stories about people at a bar instead of telling stories about the hour of the wolf <laughs> two people in the group matt yeah john small the drummer and billy and billy had an affair with john small's oh. wife who he ended up marrying which brings us back to just the way you are. He wrote that song. Are you telling me that a relationship built that way 
would not last. (laughs) He didn't play just the way you are for years after that. After the divorce. Yeah, the pain. All right, so we skipped a little part of the history. Yeah. After he leaves Attila, he signs, it's either 10 albums or 10 years, and does his first album, Cold Spring Harbor. Artie Rip, which just sounds like a carnival barker, messed up when he mastered the album. So the album's been mixed. That means all the levels of Mm -hmm. the instruments have been set. But when you master it, you have to make sure from track to track that there's a consistency across the album. And it's very, very fine-tuning, mm-hmm. right? This is all done analog. It's not digital. So once you make a change, then the change has been made to the tape. He increased the speed somehow, mm-hmm. which that seems like quite an accident. Right. I don't know if I believe that or not. There were reports of people who would speed songs up. Famously, Caroline No by the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. Murray, the terrible dad, sped up caroline know a little bit just so it would be received better so it would have more energy so it would sound a little poppier a a little poppier yeah it's just hard to think that this guy first of all billy's not around for mastering that's not that rare yeah at that point yeah but that he wouldn't notice whoops yeah like what anyway that's on me my bad then he realizes he's in a really terrible deal he and elizabeth head out to la plays under a pseudonym billy something else like billy idol (laughs) oh yeah bill martin he played at a piano bar Every night. Yeah. And so that's where he wrote Piano Man, which makes it even crappier to me because that means it's about himself. Yeah. And the lyrics are about how people are coming up to him saying, like, hey, man, what are you doing here? Like, you're so much better than that. Yeah. It's crowded every night because of him. They all came to see me. Yeah. All these losers in the bar are there to see him. Yeah. And their terrible lives. And he's the one who's, he's got the talent. What is he doing there? Yeah. It makes me go, are you kidding me? That's so Billy Joel. Yeah. To write that condescending song about people. He's the hero of the song. He's the hero. And it's him. He has another album or two. He's doing really well on the road. Piano Man was a big hit, but things are not going well with his albums. They say he's got one more shot. Yes, this you is know, it. Yeah, this is You'll it. never get a shot in this town again. No, that's Billy it. Joel. Go back to the piano bar. Yeah. Uh, please. <laughs> anyway, they find Phil Ramone, yep. the producer of Simon and Garfunkel, right? Mm-hmm. And he's the guy responsible for It's My Party and I'll Cry yeah. If I Want To. It's my party and I'll cry if I want to. Cry if I want to. Cry if I want to. You would cry too if it happened to you. Really cool story with that song in that she wanted the vocals doubled and the track had already been recorded. The band had left. Mm -hmm. You know, the track had been cut. And this is back in the 60s. So it's like, you've got a limited amount of tape and time. Apparently, Phil Ramone was like, you want to double them? Okay, but you got one shot. And if you mess up, it's on. And the lady was just like, bring it on. Yes. And crushes it. And then it's a big hit. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And the big thing is that he allowed Billy to have his road band. Billy originally wanted George Martin. Oh, that's right. He wanted to kind of capture like the, the Abbey Road kind of oh sound gosh. and songs from an Italian restaurant. Yeah. But yeah, so he wanted George Martin and then ends up probably for the best with Phil Ramone. I think he played Carnegie Hall maybe. Mm-hmm. After he talked to George Martin, he came backstage and the band's there waiting and it's like, George Martin wants to produce me. He wants to bring in a studio yeah. band. And I said no, because he wouldn't let me use my band. There you I'm go. Like, oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> He's like, I know how to treat my bandmates. That's right. I will not steal any of your wives. (laughs) So anyway, legendary producer Phil Ramone is able to capture the live aspect. I will say this about Billy Joel. He said, I track vocals when I play. I respect that. I mean, he's the piano man. But that meant you can't help but have some drum sounds bleeding into mics. You got to figure out both how to do an excellent take, which they could do because they're road dogs. They've been touring, yeah. Yeah. Touring together. But, you know, Phil Ramone's got to make it sound 
like an album like an album and 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 he nailed it the production on this album is really good in that it sounds live and studio at the same time and that's how he was able to capture that energy so good on you phil ramon that's the history up to this point. He's got to prove his worth. This is kind of the make it or break it album. Mm-hmm. And this is commercially and critically a big hit for him. Number two on the U.S. Billboard 200. Six weeks at number two. What kept it from number one? But it was disco. Saturday Night Fever? Soundtrack? Let's Would see. that have been 77? Oh my gosh, Matt. The Star Wars theme <laughs> slash cantina band was number one <laughs> for the first two weeks in October. And then from... Early October until December 17th, You Light Up My Life by Debbie Boone was number one. What? So that's probably what kept them from hitting number one. I mean, one schlocky song. Mm-hmm. Out man. another schlocky song. As we've seen, I mean, Billy's he has got some edge with some prog rock, some psychedelics. And he's not afraid to push the envelope with the next one. He's going after those good Catholic girls. <laughs> Of all the songs about trying to convince good girls to give up their virginity, this is probably my favorite. <laughs> yeah. It's, it is catchy. It's very catchy. In his defense, he did say this was not so much an anti-Catholic song as much as a pro-lust song. Yeah. Splitting hairs there. I like that the Catholic Church got up in arms about it because the Catholic girl in the story is behaving the way they want her to. Yeah, right. <laughs> she doesn't give in. No. In 2023, this year, Joel said, It's occurred to me recently that I'm trying to talk some poor innocent woman into losing her virginity because of my lust. It's kind of a selfish song. Like, who cares what happens to you? What about what I want? But on the other hand, it was of its time. You've grown up. You are like almost 80. Yeah. You've had daughters. Yeah. And it has just occurred to you (laughs) that you were being selfish. And he doesn't even change the girl's name. The real life girl was really named Virginia. Which I always thought was just kind of like a play on like virgin and it was just like oh, yeah. you know him, him taking some like artistic liberty but no 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 it's a real girl that's giving <laughs> billy too much credit yeah he really had a crush on this girl named virginia back in school yeah. and one of my favorite parts about reading more about the song was how one of the early versions was like a reggae style oh my god and he sang it with a jamaican accent dude to which uh was it drummer Liberty. Liberty DeVita says, why are you singing like that? The closest you've been to Jamaica was the Long Island Railroad. Also racist. I would really like to hear that reggae version <laughs> where he's appropriating Jamaican culture and singing, like, singing that. It like that. Yeah, Liberty DeVito. He's never been given songwriting credit on any of Billy Joel's songs, which I take issue with, especially for a song like Only the Good Die Young, when it's well known and documented that he changed it from a reggae beat he changed the song. That is songwriting. Yeah. I do think you should have gotten songwriting credit, though. All right. This might be the reggae version. <gasps> I don't hear. He's not doing a voice yet. Oh, gosh. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, they made the right call. I think so. I didn't hear him singing in a Jamaican no, accent. No, I didn't though. either. I'm disappointed in that. I wanted him just to go all in. All in. <laughs> yeah, aside from the lyrics, that's my favorite song on the album. Okay. She can kill with a smile. She can wound with her eyes. And she can ruin your faith with her casual lies. And she only reveals what she wants you to see. She hides like a child, but she's always a woman to me. She can lead you to love. She can take you or leave you. She can ask for the truth, but she'll never believe. And she'll take what you give her as long as it's free. Yeah, she steals like a thief, but she's always a woman to me. Oh, she takes care of herself. She can wait if she wants. She's ahead of her time. So this is my favorite song on the album. Oh. This is Billy Joel at his core doing what he does well, mm-hmm. which is simple piano. Well, not simple piano, but just piano. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a cheesy, corny love song, but it's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. I think he tells a good story here. It's a good love song. It's a sort of a different kind of love song for the time. It makes me wonder if... This was a song that inspired like John Legend with All of Me, where it's kind of like, I'm going to point out your foibles and, and all the things. You know, No one's perfect, but that's kind of what I love about you. It's a lot less overdone and overwrought than some of the other songs on this album. Basically, the Billy Joel you like is not too much Billy Joel. Exactly. <laughs> I can get behind that. Exactly. This is kind of around the edges of Piano Man. Yeah. This is not River of Dreams. Oh, gosh, yeah. This isn't, we didn't start the fire. Mm-hmm. It's just him and a piano. You could see someone playing this in a piano bar and people loving it and putting tips in the jar and all that. This seems way more earnest in the best sense of the word than other Billy Joel songs. I could see that. Yeah. That's what gets me about him, man. It's just calm down. <laughs> now, Elton John, don't calm down. Yeah. Get hyped up. Yeah. I want more Elton. If I see Elton John, I don't want Candle in the Wind. I want to see you doing Benny and the Jets, yeah. kicking the thing back. And with Billy Joel, it's like, just yeah, can you just play? Slow your roll, man. Yeah, can you just chill out? Slow your Joel. <laughs> 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 they toured together too, right? Yeah. And apparently, Billy Joel, he insisted on taking every other night off to preserve his voice. Oh, sure. Elton John's like, just take some cocaine, man. Rookie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. That Seeing the two of them together. Because you know they did stuff where they're both playing oh at gosh. the same time. It's like a dueling piano it bar. It is. The world's largest dueling piano bar. All right, let's get back to the beach. He just gets real cheesy in the 80s. Mm, I mean, he was he already pretty schlocky. But yeah. I've watched some interviews. I've read some interviews. It's fine. If you love Billy Joel and you want to defend him, great. It feels like he cares so much about what people think of him. Mm-hmm. Like he would take bad reviews on stage and rip them up. 
Oh, man. You should be above that. Yeah. You shouldn't care so much about a bad review, you know? He stops after, like, early 90s. Mm-hmm. After, he doesn't write any more music. Says he's done with songwriting. I don't know, man. He's never come across as that super creative artist. He's even said, you're not going to find you know, hours of hidden demos and lost songs. And mm-hmm. What you've got is what he's put out. He's just not super creative. He's not someone who's going to just noodle and come up with new stuff all the time. So he has talent. Clearly. He's got a decent voice. Can really play the piano. I don't know. I just don't know about a songwriter who goes, I'm done. Yeah. I'm going to keep playing, even to where I'm going to take up residence at Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. but I haven't written a song in 30 years, yeah. but I'm just going to keep playing the hits that you want to hear. When Jimmy Buffett died, I'm not a Jimmy Buffett fan. Mm-mm. A lot of the defense of him that I got from people who are was like, he's for the fans. He'll do these songs. He knows the fans want to hear. In some way, I respect that. These are the people who've made me who I am. I'm going to give them what they want. But at least Jimmy Buffett was still making new music. Yeah. Joel's just like, yeah, I want to sell out Madison Square Garden every night, do these residencies. And they always say, oh, you know, he he always leaves the the front two rows open for real fans. And he, he lets people come down. And he's like this great guy who gives out these things. But yeah, you're still selling out Madison Square Garden every night and making tons of money he seems like someone who's never going to be satisfied yep. even with making it it doesn't matter the fans feels like he's chasing something mm-hmm. that i read an interview with chuck klosterman mm-hmm. 2002 and he seems miserable klosterman's writing about it he's like it's weird but now i'm having to console billy joel that hey you've done good things even the madison square garden thing feels like i'm gonna do what no one else has ever done yeah just love me i had the chance to go last year to a a meeting in new york part of that we got to go to a new york rangers game at msg up there and all the banners for stanley cup champions for the rangers and tons of sports banners there's the billy joel banners of most consecutive sellouts at madison square gardens it seems like if you've got like a hometown band who maybe is no longer that big but they just they do the same club every friday night and everybody comes out to watch them it's just that like multiplied because he's billy joel and his madison square garden yeah that's right that becomes his big piano bar yeah feels like i'm getting a record hung up in my high school or yeah i showed them oh beach oh good old beach just be okay with who you are buddy you've had tons of hits you're beloved by your fans Sold like 160 million albums. You married Christy Brinkley. Blew that. Blew that. <laughs> Which, you know, he like perplexed people but gave hope to men everywhere. You can marry a model too if you play piano well. You sing doo-wop and you can marry a supermodel. Oh gosh, yeah. Listeners, we like to challenge one another to remove a song from an album. And so, Matt, what is Billy Joel going to do? He's going to steal your wife. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot of things he could do, but that's probably the worst. <laughs> if you don't remove a song off The Stranger, which he's not going to be happy about. But if you had to, which song would it be? I went around and around on this one. I wanted to remove scenes from an Italian restaurant mm-hmm. because he's chasing that Abbey Road yeah, right. feel. Right. I'll defer to longtime Billy Joel fans. that They seem to love that song. So I'm not going to do that. But I would remove the title track, The Stranger. Your lover see the stranger in your 
like I was saying with she's always a woman, that's more simple, earnest Billy Joel. This seems like overwrought Billy Joel. And it almost seems like song on a soundtrack to a movie that doesn't exist. Oh, yeah, that's good. What about you? I would remove Everybody Has a Dream. It's over six minutes long. <laughs> it sounds like he's trying to write an anthem. It also sounds like it should be like the closing credits of a movie. But also that everybody has a dream. Nobody wants to sing that. You know? This like, is a hey, hey Jude. Jude. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, hey Jude, you want to sing along to over and over again. Yeah. Nobody wants to sing Everybody Has a Dream. It's just not good. Yeah, I can get behind that. Now it's time for your senior quote. <laughs> In your senior yearbook, beneath your picture, you get a chance to put a quote that represents the road you've been on, the journey that lies ahead, or some some inappropriate quote that does not hold up from Billy Joel. So, Matt, what would yours be? My senior quote from this album would be from the song Vienna. Slow down, you crazy child. You're so ambitious for a juvenile. But then if you're so smart, tell me, why are you still so afraid? Where's the fire? What's the hurry about? You better cool it off before you burn it out. You got so much to do and only so many hours in a day. Mm. Who are you calling out there? I don't know. What's yours? I would just choose working too hard can give you a heart attack. Ack, 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 ack. <laughs> oh, you got a hairball? You okay? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, what's up with the ack, 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 ack thing? I don't know, but everybody knows it. I got a picture like in concerts like Sweet Caroline mm-hmm. when people do so good. So yeah. Good. 40,000 people go, ack, 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 ack. You know they do. Oh, my gosh. All right, I'll see you at the piano bar. Thanks for all who voted for this listener's choice. And thanks for all the suggestions through the years. You can engage with us on social media, uh, whether it's Instagram, Threads, X, at Finest Work Songs. Check us out on Facebook and our website, finestworksongs.com, and send us email, finestworksongs at gmail.com. We didn't get to it this time, but I'm sure we'll have some Kenny Gmails coming up next year. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening, and we will see you in 2024. We got to go out on a high note. This is still a good song.
Our theme song is by the incredible band Medium Heat. This track is called Radio, and you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. And check out any upcoming shows if you are in the Raleigh area. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music. <laughs> 